You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Our scripture for today is taken from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 to 8 from the Common English Bible. Keep loving each other like family. Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests, because they, by doing this, some have been host to angels without knowing it. Remember prisoners as if you were in prison with them, and people who are mistreated as if you were in their place. Marriage must be honored in every respect, with no cheating on the relationship, because God will judge the sexually immoral person and the person who commits adultery. Your way of life should be free from the love of money, and you should be content with what you have. After all, he said, I will never leave you or abandon you. This is why we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke God's word to you. Imitate their faith as you consider the way their lives turned out. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Friends, have you ever tried to plan a surprise party before? Like setting the date, texting friends, sending emails, and trying not to raise suspicions from the friend or loved one having a birthday. It's an exciting feeling, isn't it? Well, back in 2020, a friend of mine was turning 50 years old at the height of the pandemic. It was a huge milestone for her, and we all loved her. And since we could not have a party for her, we conspired to have people who knew her from all over the country record short videos talking about the impact that she has had in all of our lives. So we started to contact people, calling, texting, and emailing friends separately so she would not find out. We collected over 50 short videos, and then we shared a link with her on her birthday so she could watch the whole thing with her family. And what a joy it was to conspire to do something good. Now, Pastor Pastor Sarah tells me, Central, that you have been reading the Brian McLaren book, We Make the Road by Walking. This is a book where the author retells the biblical story and reintroduces us to the Christian faith. And the book offers insightful reflections and transformative practices. So this week, we are reading chapter 47, The Spirit Conspiracy. And that word conspiracy has a double meaning. It can either 
we can either conspire to do something illegal or conspire to do something together in harmony. But both definitions have something in common. It takes more than one person. It takes more than one act over a period of time. And it is something that is done behind the scenes. So in chapter 47 of the book, Brian introduces us to the idea that the Holy Spirit is conspiring to blast the people in our circles through us. And how is that done? Remember, it takes more than one person. It takes more than one act. And it is done behind the scenes. Which brings us to our text of Hebrews chapter 13. Unlike some of the other letters of Paul, this letter was not written to newly formed churches. This letter was written to the Jews. According to theologian Adam Clark, the book of Hebrews is the most useful of all of the apostolic writings. The doctrines of the gospel are enforced, illustrated, and made relevant to day-to-day life. It is the sum of the completion of the law, a most beautiful and luminous comment. So in chapter 13, the writer shows us how to live life as Christians in a hostile world, how to offer pleasing sacrifices to God in our day-to-day lives. Chapter 13 is the closing chapter of this letter. Normally, when we do Bible studies, we look at the previous chapter to follow the writer's thought process and to see what the passage is referring to. But in this case, chapter 13 stands alone. It is Paul's opportunity to emphasize that we ought to be active participants in the shared values and witnesses of the confessing community, and that we are to regard every aspect of our lives as an expression of devoted service to God. So let's unpack this info and talk about conspiracy. It takes more than one person. And right off the bat, in verse 1 of Hebrews 13, Paul says, keep loving each other like family. Now remember, Paul is writing this letter to people who are familiar with the scriptures. So this mandate sounds a lot like the Mosaic law. Because back in Leviticus 19.18, God said, Do not seek revenge or bear grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Then we hear that repeated by Jesus in the greatest commandment. In Matthew 22:36-40, it says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all of the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. So as Clark said, the book of Hebrews not only summarizes the doctrines of the gospel, but gives us examples of how to live out the gospel in a relevant way day after day. So verse 1 said, keep loving each other like family. It takes more than one person. 
But as followers of Christ, we are called to take the first step toward reconciliation. We are called to take the first steps toward peace. Keep loving each other. Does not mean it's always easy. Keep loving each other is not always pleasant. Keep loving each other is often one of the most difficult things we do as humans who happen to be Christian. They will know we are Christians by our love. Such a beautiful message. So delightful to sing that song. But what would our families look like if we truly loved all of them the way the Bible teaches us to love? What would our workplaces look like if we truly loved our coworkers the way the Bible teaches us to love? What would our neighborhood, our country, and world look like if we truly loved all the way the Bible teaches us to? Regardless if they love us back or not, what a sacrifice of praise that would be to love those who don't love us back. What a pleasing aroma would be to God if we truly loved those whom we disagreed with in every area of our lives. So how do we love? Well, let's turn to the famous text of 1 Corinthians 13 to remind ourselves once again how to love. And friends, as I go through this list, I invite you to allow the Spirit to show you right now in real time the people God is seeking to conspire with you to reach. Our love is patient, kind, and free of envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not dishonest. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. But you know, what do we gain by taking the first step to love each other like family? Now, just to be clear, friends, we're talking about a loving family, not Cain and Abel, or David and his sons, or Joseph and his brothers. What do we gain by taking the first step what is the result? Well, we have a promise that love never fails. The word of God assures us that the sacrifice of loving others never fails. Even if the results only come after we pass from this life to the next, love never fails. Loving people is never done in vain. Today, I invite you to let the spirit conspire with you by you taking the first step to keep loving those around you like you belong to a loving family. Not a drama-free family, but one who loves each other in spite of hurts and disappointments because that's how Jesus loves us. So the first thing about conspiracy is that it is not done alone. And the second thing about conspiracy is that it takes more than one act over a period of time. So back to our text of Hebrews 13, 
In the remaining verses, Paul is illustrating for us. He's giving us examples of how the Spirit moves us to conspire to bless others. It says, don't neglect to open up your homes to guests. Well, okay, Paul, we are in a pandemic, and I can have people over. And, you know, you cannot trust just everybody to come into your home. So, but the more I thought about it, what is the essence of having guests? I think it is an opportunity to share with people who we are and what we have. Now, can we bring the experience of being with us to people? Can we take them a batch of our famous sugar cookies or broccoli cheese casserole? Or can we pay for someone to stay at a hotel while they figure out their lives? Or can we take time to Zoom family and friends who we haven't seen in a while? Or can we adopt a senior citizen who might feel lonely at home? Or offer to run errands even before they ask? We take the first step. Then Paul continues in verse 3. Remember prisoners as if you were in prison with them. Now, let me just say that I am glad Paul did not say, hey, just for fun, do something illegal so you can get arrested and go to jail so you can really feel it and sympathize with those in prison. Well, thankfully, he did not say that. He said to remember them. What about those bound by anxiety and other mental health conditions that significantly affect how they navigate the world? What about those bound by unforgiveness, anger, trauma, and any other condition that limits them from experiencing the abundant life that Jesus promised? Friends, how is the Spirit conspiring with us to set them free? What role in the grand scheme of their lives has God allocated for us to play? It doesn't have to be a big heroic role. But God does have a part for us to play. You know, quite often, the people who influence us the most are the people who have been there for us, constantly in our court, by our side over the years. Are we being the source of constant support for others? We don't need to know the whole situation in order to be there for people to offer support, mercy, and love. Conspiracy develops over a period of time. So let's recap. The first thing about conspiracy is that it is not done alone. The second thing is that conspiracy takes more than one act over a period of time. And the third thing is it happens behind the scenes. All of the sacrificial acts of love that Paul describes in Hebrews 13 are private. He says, honor your spouse, free yourself from the love of money, remember your leaders, and imitate their faith. Now, do you know what is good about working for God in secret? In Matthew 6, Jesus warns us about practicing a showy religion. He said, be careful that you don't practice your religion in front of people to draw their attention. If you do, 
you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. And then in verse four, he said, your father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. So that means we don't need to post on Facebook whenever we help someone. We just do it because we are called to take the first step in loving our neighbor. So, okay, Brian McLaren, we see your point that the spirit is conspiring to use us to bless others. We accept the mission that you propose to conspire with the spirit to bring blessings all around us. So friends, let us go from this place with a resolve to never get tired of doing good because in time we will harvest if we do not give up. Amen.